I wonder what we have in our own lives right now that once you were just amazed by and so excited about. But now, you know, maybe it has become the very thing that you grouch about all the time. And here's some examples. Remember that child you grouch about now, how sweet that thing was when it first came into the world and how you longed and believed God for that child? Or maybe as a married couple, remember how long you prayed for that husband or wife and now you have them? And those of you that prayed for that job promotion and those the responsibilities that come with it. Do you remember praying for that promotion and that job? You know, many things in my life I remember praying for, and they are in my life now. But how often do we complain about the very things that we prayed for in our lives? You have to remember that anything that you pray for is something that your God is giving to you to take care of when he releases it to you. In the Old Testament, Numbers 11, 1 through 9, we find the Israelites here in the desert. And they're no longer what? They're no longer excited for the manna of God. Could you imagine everyday food just miraculously showing up and you get to the point that you are no longer excited about it? you actually get to the point that you are complaining about that very manna that amazingly, miraculously shows up every single day in your life. Do you know that happens every day? Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? You know every day God is releasing to you his manna in your life? These were the very people that saw God part the Red Sea. But here they are complaining. And these were the very people that got water out of a rock. And here they are complaining. And do you know why? Because the nature of our human flesh is not, if it is not disciplined and controlled by the Holy Spirit, will always what? Drift towards the negative. You don't have to try to complain. You have to choose to have a thankful and grateful attitude. You don't have to try to be grouchy. We have to choose to be nice and joyful. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 here, um, we see that it says, So all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. So here we see the blame game that started from the very Garden of Eden in these people. And as we continue on, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Here they're getting manna and they want to die in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Now watch what happens here. Verse 5. Then Moses 
and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And this was a way of their, them showing grief. They are grieved in the spirit by the people's reaction to God, what God is supplying to them and what he's trying to bring them to, which was the promised land, correct? So this is a way they're showing their grief. They're ripping their clothes. It was like Moses was like, God, we, God I got to get down there and we got to pray and we got to close this door. There was a realization on Moses' behalf that they needed to close a door here. These people had opened a door through their grumbling fault and finding and complaining. You see, there's something that I want to get across to you guys today. And I want, I'm getting a fresh revelation of this myself in my own life. And I, I can tell you, I... In my, I had a great week last weekend. It was my birthday week, you know, even though I'm getting older. <laughs> but had a great time with the family at the coast. And, you know, and uh, had an amazing present, a present given to me by my family. You know, a brand new iPad. So cool. Using it this morning. And um, got to go see the Ducks game. But the Ducks lost last week. Oh, my God. And I complained about that. I, I complained about having to take the time to go watch the game, and they lost, you know. And I just, I was in a complaining mood. And, um, but there was so much good stuff going on, so much stuff to be thankful for. We had a bountiful harvest of crab. We had a crab feast. We had a great time as a family. Uh, just enjoying each other's presence. Of course, I repented real quick. But I want to get to the point that I don't do that. I don't want to do that any longer. We have nothing to complain about. We have nothing to murmur about. We have nothing to gripe about. So I want to get a fresh lesson for myself, and I want you to receive a fresh lesson of that today. Can I make a bold statement right now? Do you guys mind? Will you be too offended? Well, too bad, because I'm going to say it anyways. It's a statement about complaining. Complaining is sin. Complaining is sin. Why is it? Well, you're not doing it by faith, are you? Whatever is not of faith is what? Sin. What does complaining do? It opens the door for the devil, for the enemy to come in. The word complain, first definition based on the Israelite story here in the desert, to stay overnight, to remain and stay overnight. The actual definition expressing dissatisfaction dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. So here the Israelites are in the wilderness trying to get to the promised land, but they kept complaining and complaining and complaining. So they they kept getting to spend what? 
another night. And they got to spend another night in their misery. And they got to spend another night in their misery till what? It became 40 years of nights because of their complaining. They could never get out of there because of their murmuring and their complaining about their very situation, which was God providing miraculously manna every day for their situation. They had so much to be grateful for, but they, they allowed themselves to be narrowly focused on what the enemy wanted them to be focused on. Here's an example of complaining that might sound familiar to all of us. Brother, you just don't know what I'm going through. You just don't know how hard it is. You just don't understand where I'm coming from. How many of us have said that? How many of us have heard that? Honestly and truly, no matter how hard that you have it, somebody's going to have it worse than you. There's somebody in this very room that has it worse than you. There's someone on this very planet that has it worse than you. So here we find Moses and Aaron. They rip their clothes. They fall on their faces and begin to pray because they realize that the murmuring of the people was a serious situation. Let's look at Numbers 14, 28. This is how serious it is. And maybe this will put a little fear of God in our lives as well about complaining and murmuring. Numbers 14, verse 28. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who are numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. Do you see it there? God is saying, what you're saying, that's what I'm going to do to you. What you're complaining about, that's what I'm going to do to you. I should have died in Egypt. I should have died in this wilderness. Guess what? That's what's going to happen to you. That's how serious it is when it comes to complaining. That's how serious God takes complaining. I wonder sometimes when we have a fresh, fresh situation that happens to us, if we didn't sow into that last time when a situation came up because the Israelites had another night, another night. And when a situation comes into our life and we complain, what happens? We sow in to the very next situation of our life. And we wonder why, why does this keep happening? Why does this cycle keep happening? Because I complained and I sowed into that and I opened up a door for the enemy to work in my life. Because I have opened the door of sin, of complaining. It's a bit heavy, isn't it? Why do I have these party hats? Why do I have these noisemakers? This is a bit heavy, isn't it? (laughs) 
it's so important to learn this lesson, but it is doable. God would not have told us to do it if we couldn't do it. It's so important to continue to speak his will into that situation, which is, what is God's will? It is life. It is resurrection. It is restoration. He wants us to speak positively in every situation. And just to clarify here, there's a difference to complaining and letting people know what's going on. Now, you can tell people that you're hurting. You can tell people how you feel about a situation. You can tell people what's going on in that moment. But a lot of us, what we do, we say God's glory, and then we say, but this happened. It needs to be the other way around. We tell how we feel about the situation, but the but becomes God. But God came in and released. Or, but God, I know, is going to take care of this situation in my life. He is going to take care of what needs to happen, the provision that I need in my life. He's going to take care of it. Yes, express what is going on. Let people, let your brothers and sisters in Christ know what is going on in your life. But then uh, come and say, but God and release the life that needs to happen there. It is so easy, we can get people around us that we will say how we're feeling and they'll get in and oh, I know how you feel. Oh, yes, that's so terrible. I, I had this happen to me and I had this happen to me. I don't want, I, I understand compassion, but there's a point that you have to have people in your life that change from that and say, but let's remember what God can do in this situation. You know, David was a very good example of telling God exactly how he felt. But he didn't tell it to a bunch of other people. And I don't want want people to get into agreement with me when I have a fit. That's never going to get anyone out of anything. People agreeing with my fit. When your toddler that is two years old is throwing a fit, do you get down there and in agreement throw a fit with them? No, you want them to get past that point. They need to know how to grow from that point to handle the situation that they think is so unfair. Those situations of, Nothing is ever going to happen good for me. Nothing is ever going to change. We don't need people around us that speak that into our lives. We don't need those words spoken into our lives. We see the word thanks 116 times in the Bible, and 73 of those times it says to give thanks, audibly express thanks. It's one thing to think about things you're thankful for, but there's another thing. 73 times through the Bible, God wants you to express thankfulness. So it's not good enough to just say, I'm thankful. It's how often are you, it's not good to just think about what you're thankful for, 
but how often are you opening your mouth and saying so? How often are you confessing it? The Bible says, be thankful and say so. Not only to God, but why do we need to speak it out? To the people around us. Because it changes the environment. Our environment right now is super negative. Super negative. Because people are too busy spending another night and complaining. But we have the power to change that. I think we need to be a lot more appreciative with the little tiny things that people do for us. Sometimes we look too much for the big stuff. You know, Melissa recently had uh, her foot surgery. And then she had where she fell in the shower after the foot surgery and fractured the other foot. And she's in double boots. And, you know, I, under, I know Melissa does a lot of stuff around our house. We both do. And we are both very thankful to each other. We express it all the time. But a lot of times we take for granted for every little detail that happens. And I can tell you in that time when she was down, I realized wow, there is a lot of other details that she takes care of that I, you know, and that I realized, man, I need to be thankful for every little detail. And I value her so much, and she values me. And that's how you show value as well, is expressing thankfulness to those around you. And we try to do that on a consistent basis. And that's why... Over the years, as we've learned that, our relationship has been so successful. We've had people ask, what's the secret? Day in and day out, we lift each other up. We pray for one another. We speak life into our relationship. We are thankful for what we have. That's what God wants us to do to the people around us, our husbands, our wives, our children, our coworkers, uh, our community. He wants us to speak that to everyone. It helps build good relationship. And I guarantee you, if you're having trouble in your relationship, if you would go home, even if you say there's nothing at all, I'm sure you can even find a half a thing that you can find good in that person that you can begin to focus on. Because... What you focus on grows. If you focus on the positive, it will grow. If you focus on the negative, it will grow. Philippians 2.5 speaks about the humbled and exalted Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let Christ be your example of humility. Let the same attitude that Jesus had be in you. Let the same humble mind that he had be in you. Humility is the foundation for every good attitude. The only reason why we complain is because we think we deserve better treatment than what we're getting. We think that out of all the people on this planet, we're the last ones that should have to put up with any inconvenience. We forget what we actually do deserve. What do we actually do deserve? Do you want me to remind you? 
Here it is. We deserve to die. We deserve to burn in hell for eternity. That's what you deserve. That's what you, based on your flesh, deserve. Hell is hot and forever is a long time, isn't it? I'll tell you, though, I'm grateful, and I sure hope you're grateful, that Jesus has purchased my price for me and my way out. He came and took all that for me that I can believe in him and have life eternal. If you're looking for one thing to be thankful for, be thankful for that. What was supposed to be yours has been taken from you and has been replaced with life eternal instead of death. When I complain, why do I complain? Why do I murmur? Because I think I am far more important to have to put up with an inconvenience. We think we're better than everybody else. There's a root to that, and that's our flesh. And people will come along and with good intentions, and they'll say something like, here, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 and 19, it says, In every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful and continually giving thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 says, be thankful and what? Give thanks. Be thankful and what? Give thanks for what? This is the what? The will of God. Sometimes we spend too much time trying to figure out what the will of God is for my life. When God a lot of times wants us to focus on his will. And as we focus on his will, which one of them is to give thanks, he then releases his will for our life in that. The second point in verse 19, what happens? When we complain, what actually happens in verse 19? It says, do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. So this is what happens. You pray for a situation for God to answer. But if you turn around and complain about that very situation, you slam the door in God's face. You pray to open the door for the Holy Spirit to come in and work, but then when you release a complaining attitude for any part of that situation, guess what happens? You slam the door in God's face. You quench, you subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because why? You've opened the door to the enemy to spend another night in that complaining attitude. I got to wrap up. Jehoshaphat. Let me 
scroll down to it here. We start with this verse here. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which we just, that's what we just, we just read, sorry. <laughs> scroll down here. So Jehoshaphat was what? Threatened by three armies. You know, what was his first response? His first response was fear. There is a bit of fear. But then what does he do? He decides to fall on his face and pray and fast. And in that, he finds, I'm still scrolling down to it, sorry guys. There's these three different armies these three different ites that are coming against him. And so he gets and he fasts and he begins, and God begins to speak to him. And he, God says to him, you know what? This battle is not yours. It is mine. Then he said, take your position. Take your position and stand still and you will see the deliverance from the Lord. What was his position? He bowed down to worship. And on a certain day, day came for that battle. In the Bible, it says that Jehoshaphat appointed singers for the battle. So he's like, okay, this side of the room, you're going to sing. We got these three armies coming. You guys are going to sing praises to God. This side of the building, you guys are going to pray for God's provision. And just to think about it, you got these three armies coming against you. And you take this position of allowing God to stand in for the battle. You thank him for the provision for the battle. You lift up your praise in song and in prayer for the situation. You open the door for the Holy Spirit to come in. And guess what happens when you release that attitude of thankfulness and praise and prayer for his provision? What happened in that story? The enemy got so confused by the situation that what happened? They turned on each other and they destroyed each other. When you stand in an attitude of thankfulness, you put the enemy under your feet. Because you have opened the door for the Holy Spirit to come in to confuse and to confound the enemy. And therefore, the enemy turns on itself and destroys itself. So you have a powerful tool in thankfulness this morning. You have a powerful tool. You have the power to open the door to confuse the very enemy around you in those very situations. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happening to a loved one, whatever's happening to your coworker or your job situation, if you begin to come into that with an attitude of thankfulness, you begin to confuse the enemy. And the enemy is defeated because he destroys himself because we have allowed the door to stay open to God's provision and thankfulness in our lives. So let's stand up.
let's put our party hats on. Because at least once a year, you should have a thankful party. You guys might get two. You're going to have one this morning, and you have Thanksgiving as well, don't you? Let me get my party hat. I need my party hat. Oh, you colored yours? Come on. I had time to color mine and put the little <laughs> stuff on it. Dan, do you have that mic? So David's going to put on some music for us. I'm going to start us out. I guess I don't need the mic because I have my own mic. Um, I'm going to start us out, but I'm going to ask individuals to raise their hand. But we're going to declare things of thankfulness over our lives in the situation or just something you want to be thankful for. And when somebody declares something thankful afterwards, I just want you to let those party uh, noisemakers go because that will be a symbol of the thankfulness that is being released in that situation. And you know, it seems silly and it seems funny, but you know one thing about God? He loves to use the unlikely things to confuse the enemy, doesn't he? He loves to take the unlikely things and just dumbfound the enemy so that he turns on himself. So who in a situation with three armies are coming against them would say, let's go praise. Let's get in prayer where most people would be, I need to build a fort. I need to build a wall. I need to arm myself. I need to prepare myself. But God says, I am doing the battle for you. I want you to reside in me, in rest, and enjoy this moment as I destroy the enemy in this situation, as I confound the enemy in this situation. So right now, I release a spirit of thankfulness for what's happening in my family. I'm declaring healing over my aunt who is battling breast cancer. And I'm declaring the healing and provision and the thankfulness for what God is going to do in her life. What he's going to touch her body. He's going to bring her through this situation. I am thankful that he is releasing the provision over that situation. Can I hear a praise? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord Jesus. We just release that thankfulness. We have a thank you party going on here this morning. Do I have somebody else? Who else wants to release a word of thankfulness? Right here. Come on over here. Let's release thankfulness. I am thankful that I work with a bunch of teenagers, and I am believing that the Lord is going to bless them with good work attitudes this year. They are going to show up every day, and they're going to be a blessing to every customer that comes through their line. Amen. Amen. Let's give a thanks for that. God's provision and release over these teenagers and the open doors there. We thank you, Jesus, for that. Someone else. Who else has a thankful? Andrew. I am thankful for my mother and father being in Jesus name my mom went to a concert last night with over a hundred people she hadn't been out of the house in years and I'm thankful to God that she has bones to move hips to move my dad went hiking up in the woods because God's glory and I am so thankful and Lord I am thanking you for my cousin standing up Amen. out of a wheelchair Amen. I am thankful for my niece or my uh, my my niece and nephew Amen 
finding you, Lord. And I am thankful for my cousin being healed of cancer. Amen. Let's lift up a thanks right now. Just lift up that release. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that release in the name of Jesus. One more, one more, one more. Jim? Well, we can do two more. You guys can come with us. Real quick. I thank my older brother who was in very poor health. And uh, somebody gave a word about being healed from somebody who had extreme problems breathing. And that was my brother. He was on oxygen all the time. And he hasn't been on for about eight months now because of accepting that. And right after that, he accepted the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for salvation over this life. Thank you for healing, being released in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. One last one. And then we'll be done. Well, I have, a, I have a big praise to give to God. Um, many of you may notice I, my beard is shorter. Um, that, that was because I'd, um, I've been able to talk for almost a year, and um, I, I just made an agreement with God that I would shave my hair, shave my face, until I got to hear from her, to see her, and last night, I, I, two things happened, I got an invite to see her on her next ballet performance here in December, and just last night, it was Holy Spirit all the way. I got to run into her and her mom at the store on my way home. So God is good. Amen. He is awesome. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. We thank you for open doors to loved ones that we haven't seen in a while. We just thank you, Lord, for releasing that and opening those doors. Amen. Amen. Pastor Dan, just remember this Thanksgiving. You can have a thank you party every day all day long and how would the world be so much different if we just every day released an attitude of thankfulness into the environment around us amen hey man what a great word thanksgiving time yeah you know and this is just tip the iceberg isn't it i mean we could go on and on and on and i hope that uh sometime today you'll you'll share that with someone Sort of as a, uh, in response to this great word about thankfulness, a uh, appetizer for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Start giving thanks. Tell, tell someone today three things you're thankful for, maybe even before you leave today. Um, and then through the day, let's, let's praise him. Why have a meeting when you can have a party? Right? We had a good party today. If you, we'll have some, we'll have some friends at the front of the, of the auditorium today to believe God with you. If you'd like healing prayer or some other kind of prayer, we want to stand in agreement with you for prayer, uh, for what you need, body, soul, or spirit. So God bless you. We love you. Have a happy Thanksgiving, you and your family, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>